You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Centers, Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. So let's start in Psalms 107 in verse 1. Psalms 107.1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. You know what? I think it would be good if we just all said that verse together. You got it up there? Psalms 107.1. You got a Bible? Hallelujah. Psalms 107.1. Okay, let's say it again. Oh, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. I love how it's got an exclamation point after, He is good, because He is so good to us. His mercies, they do endure. Father, we thank You that You are so good to us. We thank You that You have not only made us children, adopted us into Your family, but that you've called us friends. That you have provided everything we need for life and godliness. We are so thankful not only for the salvation that we receive, but for the opportunity to be ministers of reconciliation. To be able to go into the hedges, the highways and byways, as you called us to in the Great Commission, and take this gospel to all the corners of this world. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, we have so much to be thankful for. You know, in fact, as, as, as we come into December, this is really a month that, that even many people who don't regularly go to church may show up a couple times a year on Christmas and Easter. Or maybe don't go to church at all. Find something to be thankful for during this time of the year. Well, we know the reason for the season, amen? Because December is the month that we celebrate the birth of Christ. The birth of God's anointed one. His sacrificial lamb. It's interesting that the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 7:14 foretold of the coming of Christ he said therefore the lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel Emmanuel his name is to be god is with us what a good name that is that is Not only news, that is really good news. You know, that's where they get the word gospel. It's it's news that's too good to be contained. Amen? He is Emmanuel. God is with us. And nothing can separate the believer from God's love. Think about that. Nothing can separate us from God's love. The reason is because our Savior lives. You know, Jesus is alive. We celebrate as believers. We celebrate his birth this month. We're excited because this is the month it all began. This is the month we celebrate his birth. But it's not only his birth, but it's also his crucifixion, 
his death, burial, and resurrection. This is the beginning of the greatest end. Amen? Amen. Go with me to Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. I want to read this from the Amplified Version. Romans 8, 38 and 39 from the Amplified. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, said, For I am persuaded beyond doubt, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is so awesome. There is nothing that we will face. There is no challenge that we will face. There is no opposition that we will encounter that can separate us from God's love. No matter how trying it seems at the time, no matter how troubling it seems at the time, no matter how bad it seems at the time, it cannot separate you from God's love. And trust me, as believers, we go through some times. I mean, how many, how many remember when you got saved and, and the years since? Have there been some troubling times? There have been some troubling times. But James said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. For the testing of your faith worketh patience, and let patience have its perfect work, that you'll be complete, lacking nothing. See, when I got saved, I didn't get this bubble. Remember that movie, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble? He had a bubble, so nothing could get in and affect him because of his condition. Well, we have a condition. It's called the human condition. But we don't have a bubble. But we are surrounded like a shield by favor. Why? Because God loves us. I am his favorite son. And you can say the same thing. You can say, I am his favorite daughter. Because that's how God looks at you. Looks at all of us that way. We are all his favorite. And we might as well act like it. Because whether you act like it or not, it's still true. So you might as well act like it, walk in it, and experience his love and be thankful in it. Amen? I think we can find a reason to be thankful. Because God loves us. Amen. In 1 John 4.10 it says, In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sin. I love that word, the propitiation. Because first off, we don't hear it every day. But he came to be the substitute for it. He came to be the replacement for it. He came to take away what what was burdening us and bring us what we needed. Relief. Life. Remember he said, I came that you might have life and that you would have life more abundantly. He became the propitiation. He took away our sin so that we don't have to be burdened by it. I mean, that's exciting to me. Because I I guarantee you, had I not got saved, I would have become a world-class sinner. Amen? I was on my way. Some of you were already world-class sinners when Jesus finally caught up with you. Hallelujah. So I got a question for you. 
Have you taken time lately? Have you taken time just to be thankful? I know we all have busy schedules. I mean, it's amazing to me when I think about all the busyness that, that we as this modern society have going on. You know, back when, when uh, I was growing up, I used to like to listen to something called old-time radio. Anybody ever, ever listen to old-time radio? You know, Jack Benny, that kind of stuff. Lum and Abner. I like Lum, my wife does not like Lum and Abner. But it is about as slow pace of lifestyle as you can imagine. And I think, how did they accomplish and get done and do the things that they did and build this great nation at the pace of that kind of lifestyle? But sometimes we get so busy. I mean, we got, I mean, when, we, when our kids were growing up, we had three kids in athletics. Well, the problem is, is there are only two parents with three kids that all had to be in different cities at different times, you know, so you're trading with neighbors and, you know, hey, you take him, I got, I got Pat, you, you, you take, you know, Amos and, you know, and we trade kids around and everybody would get in busy, 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 go, 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 go. And I'm sure my parents probably had it the same way. I didn't notice it, you know, because I was just focused on being a kid. But our lives get so busy that sometimes it's pretty easy to just forget about being thankful, about expressing your thankfulness to God. You can even be thankful for little things. I mean, be thankful in the midst of your busyness. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to people this time of year. We got kids, kids in plays, kids with concert, kids with parties. Um, you know, you got work events, you've got church events, you've got all of this stuff going on and going on, but we can take time and just say, Father, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we can celebrate this season with believers influencing unbelievers, sharing the love of Christ, sharing this season of giving, sharing this season of salvation with the world. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I remember there was a one, one year here, not too long ago. You remember the last real estate crash turned down in 2007, 2008? Yeah, well, coming, coming out of that, you know, things were, things were kind of struggling. And I remember that there was a, a Christmas. Um, it was probably had stretched into probably about, this is probably about 2010, 2011, somewhere around that time. And I remember there was a Christmas when we were coming into December and we basically were like, no presents this year. You know, we normally like to do a rib roast, you know, for Christmas dinner. It was like, no rib roast. But we were so thankful that we had our health, we had our kids, we had everything that God had promised us. We had it. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I remember my wife asking me, you know, do you, do you think we're going to have anything for this Christmas? And I said, I don't know, but I'm believing God. And I remember that, that I had some deal, that transaction that closed, and it, we had $500. I was so thankful. I was thankful before, and man, was I thankful 
after. I'm just so thankful that no matter what state I'm in, Paul said this, no matter what state I'm in, whether I abase or whether I abound. See, he said it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter there in Ephesians 4, whether or not I have all the riches or whether or not I'm living day by day. I mean, isn't that what Jesus said? Take no thought for your life, what you should eat, what you should drink, what you should wear. For after all these things, the world is seeking. But he said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And he says, let tomorrow take care of itself sufficient for its own day. He said, you just be thankful for what I'm producing in you. Amen? Because you're living today in the seeds of thankfulness, in the seeds of your sowing that you planted yesterday. So you might as well be thankful. And let him know about it. Let him know about it. Let's express our thankfulness to God. See, we need to keep our priorities in order. We need, we need to keep first things first. Brother Norval Hayes used to say that all the, thing, all the time. Keep first things first. Keep your priorities straight. See, a lot of times we get our priorities out of whack. We think the important thing is, i got to make more money. I can't pay the bills. i got to make more money. But see, the priority should be, how can I bless God more? How can I worship God more? How can I spend more time in my intimate relationship with God? Then, when you go about doing His blessing, His favor, His grace upon grace empowers you into it, into this thing. That's why Jesus said, hey, if you love me, keep my commands. He says, because when you start doing things the way I am instructing you to do them, it's amazing how much better things will work out for you in life. And if you do that, he says, if you'll keep my commands, my Father and I will come and make our home inside of you. See, that's fellowship. That's fellowship. That's constant fellowship and communication. It's amazing the more thankful I am to God, the more I spend time worshiping the Lord, the more time I spend in prayer, believing God for what he has called me to accomplish in life, the closer he seems to me. You know, sometimes, you know, there's times when it just feels like, where is God in life? Where is God in things? But I've noticed this, that he never leaves me or forsakes me. He's always there. He's waiting for me to call upon him. He's waiting for me to be thankful in what I have. In Psalms 95, 1 and 2, it says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Let us shout joyfully. Have you ever just driving in the car and you just turn off the radio and you just start singing a new song to him? One you've never heard before, you just make it up as you go. Oh, Lord, I love you. Thank you for this day. 
I can't wait to see the amazement in what you have for me. You know, make an opportunity for me to be your will. You know, just making up songs to God. Just worshiping Him. Just so thankful for the opportunity to to spend another day in His presence. I want to sing to the rock of my salvation. I want to let Him know how excited I am about what He has for me. I do that sometimes driving from job to job. You know, if I got appointments to appointments... I just thank him. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. We should be excited, especially when we start to understand the love of God. You know, if you know that no matter how the thing you're putting your hand to turns out, God's still going to love you. He's still going to keep you. You know, there's many times where God has, has given direction in my implementation of what the Lord was calling me to do wasn't so good. Amen. Anybody been there? God said, hey, you should do, do this. I want you to do this. I want you to go there. I want you to, to do this. And sometimes the implementation isn't really good. But you know what? He still loves me. I say, Father, how can I do it better next time? How can I do it better next time? You know, that's why, you know, with regards to hospital visitation, you know, sometimes I get there and I, I just feel like I stuck my foot in my mouth, you know? <clears throat> but I do know this, the prayer of faith will save the sick. So even though I might not be the absolute best when I come into a hospital situation, I know the one who is. And I'll call upon his name and ask him to stretch out his hand to heal. And that signs and wonders will be done in his name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. He is the great physician. That is something I do know. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. But in whatever we do, our response should be a response of thanksgiving. Amen. 1 John 4.19. We love him because he first loved us. You know, sometimes we like to think, oh, yeah, I found God, and I just fell in love with him. No, you just responded to his love. We love him because he first loved us. And you know that one of the things that I've noticed, you know, in my time of studies, when I'm you know, studying religions of the world, you know, they make it, you know, there's some weird things that, that you are supposed to study when you're, getting your ministry degrees, so that you know what you believe and you know what others believe. But you know the, the great difference I find is that there's many religions where people are loyal to the thing that they worship. They're loyal to the deity that they serve, but they're not in love with Him. They're being required things Faithful observance to do A, B, C, and D. You must do it this way or you won't get it here. You must do this or you won't get there. And so they faithfully observe it, the practice and principle. You see, that's the difference between religion 
and a relationship. See, religion has rules. It's all about your serving, your doing, your living up to, your measuring up to. But a relationship with Jesus Christ is about a relationship. It's not, a, it's not about going, oh man, I have to do A, B, C, and D today or God won't love me. If I don't do this, man, I may not get into heaven if, if my time comes today. No, I want to know what he wants me to do. I want to do what he wants me to do because I love him. I mean, isn't that the natural response of, of a, a child to a parent? You ever seen a you know, five-year-old child and, and uh, they get so excited. Look what I did for you. Look what I did for you. Look what I did for you. You know, and you just wrap, wrap them in your arms. They just say, oh, I love you. They did it because they loved you. It was a response to that love. And that's how our life should be to God. It's a response to his love. You know, I don't come here on Sunday because, you know, it somehow gives me some greater position in God. Jesus said that he would build his church. And then he told us to have fellowship and follow his example. To come to, uh, to corporately worship together. Don't stop the fellowship. Come together. Be stronger. There's greater authority when the church comes together. And so I don't ever feel like somebody's bending my arm behind my back saying, oh, you got to get to church. You say, well, yeah, that's because you're the pastor. Well, I wasn't always the pastor. There were times when we were just serving. We first went into full-time ministry. We drove four hours to church. Four hours. We didn't do it because we had to. We did it because we wanted to. We loved God. We wanted to be where he wanted us to be. We wanted to do what he called us to do. So it's our response. And I'm so thankful that I can respond that way. I'm so thankful that I can respond to God that way. Now back in verse 16 of 1 John chapter 4, it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. See, God doesn't just have love. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. And God in him. And, of course, the English language being so weak makes this just sound like a 1960s, you know, um, movement. You know, oh, we just free love and, you know. God is love. He's agape. He's selfless love. While you were a sinner, God loved you. He had no reason to. He had no compulsion to. There was no obligation to love you. But because he is love, he could do nothing else. And he says, and if you know God, you should operate that way. So I get so excited when I, you know, when I, when I get the reports of how much of an impact this congregation is having on people who need our help. 
what we're doing every Christmas up on the Navajo Nation, what we're doing for the little kids and, and the souls we're winning in the Philippines, what we're doing in Israel for the, the prostitutes and, and the, the widows and, and all of those what we've done in Ukraine and the things that we're doing with the 56 churches over there and we've been providing for and, and helping them through this time of challenge that they have over in their nation. When I look at this congregation and I say, that's an expression of agape. You may never meet one of the people that you've exchanged your life's labor for to make a difference and to impact their lives. You may never know their names. You may never get to give them a hug in this lifetime. But we're making an, an eternal impact on the lives of these people. And that's a real blessing to me. I look forward to the opportunity to help those who many times can't help themselves. And it's God's love, really, that compels. It compels me to want to do more. It compels me to want to be more. To be more like Him. To do more like Him. To impact more people for Him. I'm so thankful that every day, every week, every month, and every year, He's allowing us to have a greater influence into this world. You know, it's our call. It's our mission. I mean, we are, we are called to evangelize. You know, we are called to win souls, but we're also called to bring healing and discipleship. It's because we love that we want to do those things. It's because we love. It's our mission. It's what God has said, hey, Valor Christian Center, let's evangelize. Let's touch the world with, my, with, with the word of God. Let's, let's share the love of Jesus Christ. And then let's set, lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And then let's teach other people. Let's teach them the word. So they are emboldened and empowered to go out and do this themselves. See, that's what a thankful church does. A thankful church does not wait for the pastors and the leaders and stuff to do things. No, they're going out and they're compelling. They're, they're witnessing. They're bringing people in. They're laying hands on the sick. They're praying for those who are downtrodden. And they're so thankful for the opportunity to do it. I mean, for me, that is awesome when there's opportunities, when you meet somebody in a, in a Safeway store or in a, in a Home Depot or something and and, and, and they have a need, and you have an opportunity to minister to them. Maybe it'll happen at work for you. Maybe it'll happen at a service station. The whole world is our mission field. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity and to have a congregation that is in tune with bringing the gospel of Christ to this world. Amen? Psalm 7, 17 from the Amplified. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteous injustice, and I will sing praises to the name of the Lord Most High. Hallelujah. I do. I just want to praise him. I want to give him glory. I am so thankful 
I'm so thankful that I am here, that you've called me to be here, that you've given me these great friends, these people to be in ministry with, that we can take the gospel into this community. Because it was for all those out there that Jesus left the perfectness. Think about that. He left the perfectness of heaven to reconcile man. This is, this is so incredible. He didn't do it just so we could have a good time and, and shut ourselves inside four walls. He did it so that we could take and express his love to the world. In Luke 2, 9 through 11, it says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before, before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. See, this is something to be thankful for. This is something to be thankful for, that there is born to us a Savior. This is good news. This should bring great joy. This is something to be thankful for. Amen? And in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. See, and God made it very simple for us to have a relationship with him. I'm going to have Jared come, and I want to, I just want to give the Lord thanks as we get ready to close this morning's service. But in 1 John 4, 15, it says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. See, God made it so easy to experience this joy. God made it so easy to have something to be thankful for. He said, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. With the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made unto righteousness. So I think we're going to do that this morning. And if you're watching by live stream and you've never made the Lord, never made Jesus your Lord, this is your opportunity. Ask him to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. So would you pray this prayer with me and just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. I believe that you are the Lord. You died for my sins and you rose again. And I receive you today and therefore I am born again. The Bible says that you are a new creation. All the old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. That's something to be thankful for. Let's give thanks this morning. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, if I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. 
I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.